we're doing this initiative, this recruitment initiative with Form, and really the goal of what we're trying to achieve here is to really, you know, share the story and also the wonderful opportunities within Form and the wider market in New Zealand. My perspective uh, as a Kiwi living in Australia is at times you lose visibility of, of what's going on back over in, in New Zealand, but the reality is there's a tremendous landscape over there in terms of employment opportunities, particularly in the engineering construction field. So uh, I really hope you enjoy uh, that. If you've got any other questions following the podcast around you know, form, their organisation, the opportunities, uh, any questions whatsoever, please reach out to myself or one of the team members. We'd be glad to help and facilitate any information. So enjoy the podcast it's a fantastic story former great business and tim shares some great insights so thanks for joining us tim thanks very much for joining us uh, i think a great opportunity to provide a bit of an overview of the form business um, and i guess that's a great place to start in terms of giving the listeners a bit of an overview uh, of the form business uh, where did it start and and how did it start and, and and what does the business actually do what's the sort of the focus for the business yeah, certainly, Sean. Look, Form Building Development started uh, 11 years ago um, down in um, Mount Monganui uh, in the Bay of Plenty. Uh, it was uh, started by two gentlemen who merged companies that they had um, and are still two directors of the business at the moment, Shannon Moyle and Andy Jew. Um, so that was, yeah, 11 years. Uh, had an office uh, originally just in Mount Monganui, then expanded to Auckland uh, and Waikato. Um, we've been in Auckland for six years now. Um, but yeah, so it started from pretty pretty humble beginnings. Um, in Auckland, we're up to sort of circa 85 people, and throughout the business, uh, Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga, uh, approaching 200. Wow. Okay. And what are what are the sort of the, the key sort of areas of the business? I mean, what sort of style of work do you guys uh, concentrate on or, or specialise in? Yeah, look, it's quite, it's quite varied, um, and it, it does vary between the regions as well. In the in the Bay of Plenty, we do a lot to do with kiwi fruit industry around uh, pack houses, cool stores, logistics. You know, a lot of big sheds um, with sizable plant, um, as well as uh, apartments and some of the more usual construction. In Auckland, we do a lot of education work um, for the Ministry of Education and, and private schools. Also daycares, uh, kindergartens. We also do apartment buildings, uh, office buildings, and, and industrial, but not to the same level as the Bay of Plenty. So we've also done retail. So it's sort of quite diverse um, across the sort of spectrum. Another thing we do that's quite particular to, to Auckland and New Zealand is remediation. So it's basically uh, refurbishment of large-scale buildings where the, the facade is replaced and um, interior work's done to sort of bring buildings up to the to the current code. Now, what sounds like some great uh, diversity there across the, the portfolio, but uh, maybe just building on some of your earlier comments, um, how big is the how, how big is the business today in terms of sort of headcount and turnover? Obviously, 11 years ago, you guys have grown an awful lot and, and had some uh, great uh, progress as a business, but uh, just give the listeners a bit of a quicker uh, overview of the, the headcount and revenue of the business as it sits today. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, yeah, as I say, approaching 200 people. So I think it's about 185 at the moment. Um, that's predominantly um, management site forming up, but we do have uh, 45 tradesmen in Auckland and about 25 tradesmen in Waikato and the Bay of Plenty. In terms of revenue, uh, this year will be uh, approaching $140 million for the financial year uh, just ended, 31st of March. 
um, and that is spread predominantly Auckland and Tauranga. The Waikato business is quite a bit smaller. In uh, financial year 2020, we will be looking at uh, at 160 million and about sort of 75 million in the Auckland market. Oh, fantastic! Well, it sounds like um, the business has grown uh, an awful lot. There's some, uh, you know, sustainable growth curve in front of you guys, and and across a diverse sort of range of clients, which is uh, which is good. And and I guess just sort of picking up on that, my understanding is uh, sort of circa fifty percent of your business is generated through repeat, repeat clientele, which uh, says an awful lot. But um, you know, what do you think that uh, these clients choose to partner with for? Oh, I think delivery is a big part of it. Um, so in the Bay of Plenty, the, the um, you know, large industrial uh, kiwifruit projects where they have to be finished by a date because that fruit's coming off the orchard and it's just got to you know got to go out to the market. Um, so that's important down there. Up here, likewise, with some of our school projects, you know, they've got a school opening on January the 31st the next year. It has to be finished because the kids are coming and, they, and they've got to go. So, so we've got that uh, relationship with clients and consultants that, that we do deliver. Uh, they like the element that we can self-perform part of the works with our, with our own tradesmen so that we're not reliant um, fully on subcontractors in, in the heated Auckland market. Um, so I think that's a, that's a couple of key reasons. Uh, I'd also say we're, we're easy to deal with. We're not a, a, a large contractual company. I mean, obviously, we've got to protect ourselves, but um, you know, generally we like you know, engaging with people rather than uh, firing letters off left, right and centre. Well, it uh, certainly seems like that approach is working. Obviously, it's a pretty competitive landscape uh, over there. So for that to be the case, obviously, it's, uh, it's a dynamic that's working. Um, I just sort of want to throw a little bit to uh, the culture. My understanding is uh, very good culture within the business. And I've heard there's a real sort of family feel and, and really flat structure. So everyone's approachable and, and you can have sort of a chat uh, with anyone um, and a real sense of valuing your staff and your people. So uh, I guess the question is, you know, how important is culture in your eyes, Tim, and, and how would you define the uh, the form culture? Yeah, look, very important, Sean, very important. That's one of the key things throughout the business that we all work very hard on and we have developed a good culture. I would define the culture as inclusive, um, first and foremost. So, for instance, uh, uh, one of our administrators is leaving uh, today, so we, we had a bit of a get-together for her um, yesterday afternoon and, you know, I was there, be having a few beers with some of the apprentices and the chippies and, and they really enjoy that as well. It's not a – we're not a hierarchical sort of – of faceless business. Um, the people that are owners of the business uh, are active in the business and, and, and are happy to deal deal with everyone. Yeah, no, and uh, it, it sounds fantastic. I mean, how would you, I mean, if you sort of had a, a short moment to sort of uh, describe the culture, how would you sort of uh, describe uh, the, the form sort of DNA or the form culture? Um, I, I, would, I would describe it as professional, uh, friendly, um, and, and very team orientated. So, you know, we're big on our project teams. We refer to it, you know, the, the three key players on a project is the tripod, you know, the project manager, site manager, and quantity server. And say it's a $20 million project. We, you know, that's your $20 million business. You've, of course, got all the support of, of head office, of senior management, of their specific specialist roles, services engineers, health and safety, et cetera. Um, but, you know, that's your business, that's that ownership, and that's that to build that, that team environment and that good culture on the projects as well. 
you know, it sounds uh, obviously plenty of support and all the rest of it, but uh, it sounds like a fairly empowered culture where you sort of uh, entrust or empower the guys and girls to, to do their thing um, with the support of the wider business and, and obviously a fairly inclusive and, and flat sort of structure that, um, you know, no doubt works really, really well. But, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, just pivoting that question a little bit, um, what do you think staff enjoy working for form and what, uh, uh, you know, essentially sort of attracts or retain for, uh, people within form in your opinion or your experience? Yeah, yeah well, well, one part of it would be the social element. So, for instance, um, last year we did, uh, I think it was 25 of us did Tough Mudder. So a, a group group of us did the 18K, another group did the 9K. So that was all a, a company event. Um, we also have done Round the Bays, which is a, a run in Auckland. Um, so we do, you know, we have barbecues here out, out on the site, also in the office. So it still is a, a very sort of, you know, there's a social element there as well. Um, we're happy to put on, we're happy to uh, do some sponsorship for, you know, certain people in the business have, have got a sports team or, you know, a, a sort of a, a hobby that requires a bit of sponsorship. We look at that. So it's, people aren't just numbers, I suppose. They've got, um, you know, they've got that real kind of buy into to the business. I think getting specific to the work sites, our sites are, are well resourced and organised. So we're not, you know, bringing people in and there's, there's sufficient work for them. The, the roles and responsibilities and structure is clear. So people know who they're reporting to, what's expected of them. And then there is follow up on that. So we have an annual performance review and very keen on training people. Uh, you know, our, our sort of perfect idea is that somebody comes on board as an apprentice and they work through from apprentice to, to carpenter to leading hand, get a tertiary qualification, site foreman, site manager. That's really how we see our future. Um, you know, we can't always be tapping externally uh, in the market. We've got to grow our own people as well. So I think a lot of the people really value that as well. And there's already been a lot of promotion within the business. So, so people know there is that opportunity there. Oh, fantastic. Well, it sounds like there's some great connectivity in amongst the group and relationships uh, across a couple of different fronts, but I think the other key aspect I took from that is just the clarity and promotion of uh, career progression and, and uh, promoting development within the company. So those two dynamics obviously working well. And just sort of picking up on and part of your earlier comment as well, I understand you guys are pretty big advocates of supporting the community. Uh, what do you guys support in that regard and, and what do you guys choose to do that? Okay, well, we just, you know, we, we um, you know, we want to be a responsible business. And, and I think it's probably another thing that I'd say for the, the previous question is that, you know, people have a life outside work. We don't want people working 80 hours a week. And, and you know, we want people to, to have hobbies and enjoyment. So um, in terms of the specific sponsorship, we, we sponsor the Tauranga Boys First 15. So, so they're one of the, the, the main sort of schools in the Blair Plenty region and, and compete nationally uh, in rugby union. So we sponsor their first 15 and have done for a number of years. We sponsor a, a fishing competition uh, in the Coromandel, which is uh, you know enjoyed by a lot of builders and subcontractors. Then we sponsor you know various things like um, uh, Irish dancing, um, surf lifesaving. It really depends if people are, you know people in the business have got you know sons, daughters, and what they do. Um, so yeah, we, we have a set aside a. A budget every year for sponsorship. Um, so yeah, no, definitely active in that. 
No, it sounds fantastic. It's good that you guys are really giving back to the community and, and also supporting some of your staff, depending on sort of what uh, what is relevant to uh, to them or their families. Uh, I think that's uh, a really good focus. Um, I guess uh, can you sort of uh, understand a little bit more about some of the personalities in the business? Obviously, you're uh, a big part of the business, Tim. So uh, I guess I'm keen to understand from your point of view, what do you look for in people who you work uh, with or, or people that work for you? What are the sort of key things that are important? Oh, look, you're always thinking about fit and fit with others in the business. Some of we like, um, you know, straight up people, um, people that, uh, you know, want to put in a good day's work, um, but also, you know, focus on the task at hand, but but can fit in a team, if, you know, because it's all about that team dynamic in construction. So, so definitely team players in saying that are able to work unsupervised and just really, you know, nice, friendly people, <laughs> um, you know, people that you can uh, communicate with. We're not a corporate business. We are very um, sort of very hands-on and, and personal. So, so people that, um, you know, like that sort of environment would be, would be um, people I'm looking for as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, outside of work, you, you talked about the importance of obviously the, the business being successful and, and there's some great opportunities within it. But uh, obviously, uh, it's important to have a life outside of work and have that diversity and balance in your life. So from your point of view, what do you tend to sort of get up to when you've got a spare moment outside of work? Yeah, yeah, sort of a range of things. If, if, if it's summertime, I like to get out and do a bit of diving, a bit of paddleboarding. Um, my sister's got a place over in Waiheke, in, in an island just off Auckland, so we go over there quite a bit, and that's that's really good for the water sports and, and kayaking, and also Auckland's quite, uh, you know, it's good. There's, there's water everywhere. I um, you know, also try, as I'm getting a bit older, try, try and keep some sort of level of fitness, so get out for, for a few runs and that, and me and a couple of guys often go into coastal classics and round the bays and that sort of thing. If it's uh, if it's not the company, um, I've, I've, I'm married and with two daughters as well, so obviously family takes up a bit of time. So um, yeah, I can also get out and do, do a bit of hiking when uh, when time allows uh, down country. So um, yeah, not playing any competitive sport anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you got a fair bit on your plate, but you've got some good things outside of work to keep you you busy between your uh, family and other endeavours, which is great. So I guess I sort of want to uh, ask some questions quickly of of. Andy Jew, who you mentioned before, is the uh, form MD and obviously a big part of the business. Um, so how would you sort of describe his personality and, and, and maybe his strengths, just to give the listeners a bit of a snapshot of Andy? Yeah, yeah, I suppose the first thing I'd say is, is a good bugger. He, yeah. he is a good bugger. <laughs> so so he start, Andy started out as an apprentice on the tools. Um, he ended up buying the, the business where he did his apprenticeship from. The guy was retiring. And as he says himself, he started out doing fence posts, then he started doing decks, then he started doing houses. So he's a guy that's come, you know, right from, from the bottom, if you like, worked his way up. It's it's, it's all self, you know, self-made um, and, uh, you know, merged with, with uh, Shannon Moyle's business. So, yeah, look, a, a real straight shooter, a guy that cares about people. He's, he, he's a, you know, one of the big drivers of, of the form culture and having the right culture um, where people, you know, respect each other and, and have some enjoyment as well. It's not, you know, we spend a lot of time at work. Um, you know, we want to enjoy it as well. So um, he's based in the Mount Moanui. He's born and bred down there and, and still lives down there. And um, he's up, up in Auckland at least once a month um, and also across to, to Hamilton. 
Oh, fantastic. No, sounds like a great uh, great man and, and obviously a very good operator <laughs> and he's obviously been pivotal to the growth of the company. But um, outside of work, uh, what can you sort of share about what, what Andy sort of tends to do to get away from from uh, from uh, business and enjoy a bit of downtime? Yeah, yeah. So, well, they both, as I say, live in Mount Maunganui, yep. so they they own uh, um, a large boat. Um, <laughs> so they've sort of reaped on some of their success. So, <laughs> so, so they try and get out in that, uh, you know, frequently if they can. Um, it's, it's a bit of a beast. But, uh, yeah, go for a, a fish and a dive. Um, Andy was coaching a sevens team. I'm, I'm not too sure if he's still doing that. But he's a he's a pretty active guy. He keeps himself, keeps himself fit. He does uh, not CrossFit or one of those ones every morning or most mornings during the working week. So uh, yeah, he's a guy who still likes to to get out and about, and um, yeah, no, fantastic. No, it seems like uh, the boat and the water consumes a big part of it, but obviously involved in sport and, and whatnot, and, and uh, obviously keen to stay pretty fit and active uh, as well, which is great. So, I guess one one big question I think is pretty important in understanding uh, the difference between New Zealand and Australia is maybe just some of those differences uh, around uh, the contractual aspect or how clients engage with contractors. Now, obviously, you've worked in Australia, and there's other key personnel when the organisation that have worked within the construction environment in Australia and also in New Zealand. So how would you sort of explain the different dynamics between the Australian and New Zealand context as it relates to being a contractor? Yeah, you certainly will. I think what they've picked up in in New Zealand is, you know, there's uh, the, so much work on the industry has been under pressure and there's been a few failures of, of um, sort of good-sized contractors. So so it's sort of been led by the government, which kind of needs to be the one to, to lead it, and they're much more realistic around sort of a risk and the transfer of risk. So to give you an example – a school job that we, or two schools actually, that we've, we've picked up uh, south of Auckland, they, uh, we are not fixing the price until building consent documents. Whereas if I go back four or five years ago, the Ministry of Education would be saying, we want you to fix the price and take all the risk at prelim design. So I think it's, it, it's you know, dawning on, on the government and that's also rolling through to, to private players that, you know, there needs to be a better allocation of risk, just sort of pushing everything onto the contractor and kind of that race to the bottom, they're not going to get a good outcome as well. So, uh, you know, being New Zealand being a much smaller place, maybe it's easier to get sort of quick attraction with that over here than in Australia where there's, you know, much larger clients, much larger con- contractors, and it's very much, you know, um, you know, who will sort of take the most risk. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems to be a bit more in your experience than others, maybe in a general sense, government clients and or other, a bit more of a partnership approach and, and maybe a, a little bit more of a balanced view on who takes on the risk and, and maybe that transcends to margin to a certain component in your experience between, you know, the Australian context and New Zealand. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, 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 yeah to a point. I think another thing I've noticed in New Zealand is there's getting a lot more uh, of a non-price element to um, construction tenders. So whereas before you, you had maybe none or you had 20 or 30%, now you're getting it as high as 50 or 60%, the non-price elements. So if you're, you're putting in a tender, you know it's not just but the price, you know, they're looking at your program, your people, your methodology. So I, I think that's uh, that's good and promising. And that looks like it's, it's going to continue and, and probably even, you know, get, get larger, the non-price element. 
Absolutely. And what about what, what sort of comments could you make generally around the difference in uh, the workforce environment? Obviously, New Zealand uh, doesn't really have the, the, the any sort of union involvement as such. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, different market to Australia. How would you sort of comment on the, the sort of workforce culture or environment uh, in New Zealand versus maybe what you've seen in Australia from time to time? Yeah, well, it's it, it's probably much more personal to, to, to subcontractors and the people that own those businesses, and that's often the people mm. you know that I'm, I'm dealing with and dealing with regularly, rather than a, a union entity, with, you know, that sort of drives and dictates where people go and that type of thing. Um, so you're dealing with sort of owners of businesses that sort of is, is really how the market you know works in Auckland um, because there isn't isn't that union sort of element or, or not in any great great way shape or form. Um, so I'd probably say that's a key part. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it seems like, widely speaking, you know, uh, it sounds like some of your, your your quality subcontractors and some of your own staff. Widely speaking, it seems like there's a pretty good work ethic and you know uh, keenness to turn up to work and put in a decent day. And and I've also heard via a mutual contact of ours that uh, like all projects and companies come under pressure to deliver. Like you said, there's hard deadlines. Uh, he'd certainly witnessed that the, the workforce tends to stand up and and do what it takes uh, when it sort of matters, which uh, I think it's. Uh, a good reflection on you guys, which is which is great. So, um, can you give us a bit of a, a broad overview of the Auckland market, and I guess the wider market that form operate? And you, you mentioned before that there is a lot going on. There's uh, a lot of expansion and buoyancy in the market. Can you, can you comment on that at all? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Look, uh, um, specific to Auckland, um, the, the whole North Island um, is busy and they refer to the sort of region between Auckland, um, Waikato, Hamilton and Tauranga Bay of Plenty, which we have an office in each, is, is the Golden Triangle. That's where the majority of growth is in New Zealand at the moment um, and that's that's the, the largest construction markets with, with Christchurch coming off, you know, following the, the earthquake rebuild and that. So, so we operate in the area, I suppose, first of all, with a bulk of the workers, you know, which is good. Um, and and the, look, in terms of years to come, uh, the forecast, the for, in the last six years, every year, the forecast for the peak get, gets pushed out a year and, and the, the sort of busy duration gets pushed out further. So that they are predicting it to be sort of as it is now for the next six years. Uh, they don't really go much further than that in the predictions because it starts getting too far out. But gen, but generally the talk is uh, in, in Auckland and in that wider golden triangle, Tarongal might change a bit, but, but Hamilton the same as Auckland, probably 10 to 15 years worth of solid work. And part of the reason is, is all disciplines or all industries are participating. Sometimes, you know, you get an office boom and offices going bananas. You get an apartment boom. But here, everyone's spending, you know, the government, um, education, health, justice. Then you've got the industrial. They're, they're all building big sheds throughout sort of the Golden Triangle. Then you've got the apartment market. Housing New Zealand, the, the you know, the social housing provider, they've got something like, you know, oh, 40,000 houses that need to be built, you know, in the next 15 years, and they're taking over whole suburbs and sort of increasing the density. So there, there's there's work, you know, the work there's and plenty of retail, plenty of office. So there's there's work coming from you know all, all the different uh, sort of construction disciplines. Now it sounds like a great uh, scenario to be in in terms of the runway of opportunity and the certainty in the market. So for those that are looking to uh, be part of the employment market in that regard, it sounds like there's plenty of 
uh, stability and upside, and and uh, I think that's really really important for for people in any sort of job market. So that's uh, that's fantastic to hear. Can you sort of share uh, what the outlook uh, looks like in relation to some of the exciting projects uh, or the future in front of form uh, at the moment, Tim? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, We've just started at the start of this year a $35 million retirement village um, out out in the west of Auckland. Uh, So that's got about a year and a half to run. That is one of three stages um, for the the main sort of retirement village. On top of that, they've got about, I think, eight to ten apartment buildings. So so as long as we perform, that was a negotiated job, ECI, that we did direct with the clients. So provided we perform, which we are performing, we could have work there for the next six, seven, eight years. Um, we're just, we are starting in September a major uh, refurbishment of 15 apartment buildings. Again, that will run for five to seven years. That'll be circa 70 to 100 million. Um, that starts in September. And again, same thing, negotiated. We've got the first stage. There's, there's three stages that we would negotiate the next two. Uh, so again, continuing work. We have about 40 million across two new build schools in the south of Auckland. They're, they're design and build. They start uh, in October. Uh, we've got two warehouse, uh, large large warehouse offices, design and build. One starts July. Another one starts uh, October. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just a snapshot, I and mean, we've got some smaller works and, and other bits and pieces as well, but sort of as a bit of a snapshot of what we've got coming up, but that's, uh, there's a few jobs there. No, it sounds like there's a great pipeline of work um, uh, in front of you guys, which is fantastic. So just in closing, Tim, I guess I'd say uh, congrats uh, to you guys and what you've achieved. I mean, 11 years old, uh, you've obviously got a great business, you've got some fantastic people working for you, you've got a, a bright future, some great customers that back and, and believe in what you guys do uh, but if people want to find out a little bit more about the organization uh, where can they go to find out more about a website or social media where can people find out a little bit more about you guys yeah look our website's uh, formnz.co.nz so if I just do a google search for form building developments New Zealand uh, that will come up um, in addition we are on social media we have a presence in, on LinkedIn uh, Instagram and Facebook um, so people can search through that um, there's also a company profile um, with Stella Sean with, with yourselves and happy for that to be issued out to, to candidates um, uh, if, if, if required if they'd like to look at it so yeah that sort of give us some good examples and, and by all means if people have got specific questions if they can um Raise them, you know, through through Stella Sean, and I'm happy to uh, happy to answer them. No, fantastic. Well, look, uh, we look uh, forward to sharing, uh, I guess, the form story and journey and business. But you know, I think uh, some of the opportunities are fantastic, and our association has been really, really, really good. So we're we're proud to be partnering with you guys. I think you've got a good story and a great future. So look forward to uh, telling more people about it uh, over here in Oz and abroad. So congratulations, Tim, and, and thanks for sharing some of those details today. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Sean. And likewise, we've enjoyed our interaction uh, with you guys so far and obviously that, that connection uh, with one of our staff. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to this campaign. And, and you know, we are coming to, to Australia because the market is so busy in New Zealand that there's a, there's a limited pool of talents. So, yeah, you're really hopeful we can we can bring some some good people out of a, out of Aussie um, over the, the side of the ditch for a while. Absolutely. And as a, as a proud Kiwi, despite living over here, 
I think it's nice to be able to promote New Zealand and, and all the great opportunities that are going on. Uh, I think uh, in years gone by, there's been the brain drain away from New Zealand. I think uh, pleasingly at the moment, there's such uh, fantastic opportunities back in the NZ. I think more people need to know about it, and that's obviously the initiative that uh, you and we are driving in this regard. So uh, I think there's some great takeaways here and look forward to sharing more of that. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds good. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim.